I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is the Gospel reading that we read uh, just before from Matthew 18. So let's pray. Merciful God, grant that we may be filled with mercy as we hear your word today. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, there are few things that upset the harmony and unity of a group of people more than a breakdown in relationships between members of the group. Even if there are only two members who have an, have an argument or who are antagonistic towards each other, the ability of a, the group as a whole to work effectively and efficiently is markedly reduced. There are families that are split because of a breakdown in relationships. There's ill feeling in the workplace when fellow workers do not work together efficiently because of personal grievances. And in the church, there is also tension and friction because we do not always get on with each other as God wants us to. And that's why there are passages such as our text for today in the scriptures. God knows that we Christians are very human. He knows that we can be headstrong, proud people. We often want our own way. We want to be in control. And we make judgments about fellow members when probably we don't know all the facts. We harbour grudges and we remember what others have said or done that have hurt or disappointed us and we let those differences affect the harmony of the congregation. We need to hear what God says about reconciliation and restoration of caring, loving relationships when Christians upset each other. Our text provides the outline of a process for resolving conflict in a Christian congregation. It begins by saying, if a brother or sister sins against you, it refers to a situation when one member of the church has done something that has hurt another member. The situation may be different and handled differently in our dealings with people in society in general. This passage refers purely to strained relationships between Christians. Jesus says, If a brother or sister sins against you, go and point out the fault just between the two of you. The first and most important step is that the two parties concerned are to seek reconciliation privately. Who is to take the initiative here to try and resolve the problem? The one who has done the wrong? No. It's the responsibility of the one who feels hurt or who is to make the first move. This is in keeping with the way God has treated us. He didn't wait until we said we were sorry before he would have anything to do with us. 
It was God who took the initiative to solve the issue of our rebellion. He sent his son to die for our sins even before we existed. As Paul says in Romans chapter 5, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God, the hurt one, made the first move and he continues to take the initiative even now for he is constantly coming to us through his word to warn us and to offer us forgiveness. Can we then do anything less, particularly in regard to our brothers and sisters in Christ? This is not the way the world usually works. The world usually says, they cause the hurt, they should come to me and say they're sorry. I haven't done anything wrong. They have to make the first move. Imagine if God worked that way. We would be totally lost in our sin. We don't even know we've sinned half the time. Thank God that he has taken the initiative and seeks reconciliation with us. We should act similarly. And then when we do go to a congregation member with a grievance, we should not go with anger and hate in our hearts or with a desire for revenge. And we should earnestly pray about the situation, asking God to help us to resolve that problem. Prayer is so important so that we may be in tune with God and his will. We should pray that God would help us to go humbly, lovingly, wanting only the good of the other and the well-being of the congregation. We don't always know the full story. God alone knows the heart of the other person and God alone can make perfect and just decisions about right and wrong. We are to approach any difficult situation with a genuine love and concern for our fellow believers. It's my experience that many people are not even aware that they have caused hurt to another member of the congregation. They do not realise that their words or their actions have offended someone and they are totally oblivious to the harm they have caused. Luther reminds us in his explanation of the Eighth Commandment that we are to put the best construction on everything our neighbour says and does. It might be that our brother or sister has been insensitive or careless about his words or her words or actions, but perhaps they didn't mean to cause hurt. Therefore, before we go around telling others what a nasty thing so-and-so has done or said, thereby tearing down their reputation and falling into sin ourselves, we should go to that individual in private and lovingly make them aware of the hurt they have caused, perhaps simply bringing their attention to the, to the matter is all that is needed 
to make them realise that they have done wrong and cause them to ask for forgiveness. And forgiveness <coughs> should then be freely given in such a case. After all, God freely forgives all our sins. We too are called to forgive freely. And what's the likely result of such loving reconciliation? Jesus says, if they listen to you, you have won them over. Not only has a relationship been restored, it will probably be even stronger than before. Thus the two parties are drawn closer together and the whole congregation will benefit from this stronger relationship. There will be a sense of greater harmony and cooperation and the benefits of strong relationships will pervade the whole congregation, making the members even stronger and more supportive. There would be a beautiful feeling of joy and peace among the congregation. And isn't that something we all want? It is only when people refuse to acknowledge their sin that tougher action needs to be taken. But in all subsequent actions, the foremost aim is to bring the erring party back into the fold. God is serious about sin. He cannot ignore it. It has to be dealt with. To ensure that these attempts at reconciliation occur properly, two other witnesses are to be called in to verify the attitudes and actions of both parties in this disagreement so that it is not a matter of one person's word against another. The pastor may be one of these witnesses or some other spiritually mature member of the congregation. These third parties can also counsel those involved with compassion and without emotional involvement. Hopefully, a resolution can be found in such situations. It is only after these attempts at reconciliation have been unsuccessful that the wider congregation should even become aware that there is a problem between two of its members. The gossip mill should therefore be silent about the situation. However, if attempts at reconciliation are ignored and there is no confession of sin, then the congregation, working through its leaders and its pastor, should approach the unrepentant person. And if they won't listen to the congregation leaders, only then, as a last resort, should consideration be given for more drastic action, including, if all else fails, excommunication. Obviously, this action would only be taken with a very serious problem that could upset the whole workings of the congregation. Jesus says, says that such unrepentant sinners, unwilling to acknowledge their problem, are to be treated as a pagan or a tax collector. Such people were prevented from entering the temple in Jerusalem and thus they were 
uh, exiled from the worshipping community. But how did Jesus treat such people? Did Jesus shun sinners and people that were doing the wrong thing? No. He befriended them one to one and ate with them. He sought them as lost sheep. So even if people are excommunicated from the church because of a very serious matter, they should not be totally shunned. But every attempt should be made to draw them back into the fold. If full restoration occurs, there should be great rejoicing in the congregation that a lost sheep has come home there will certainly be great rejoicing in heaven. In all this practical advice, the overriding attitude is one of loving concern for fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Is there someone in your congregation with whom you have a strained relationship? Then God wants you to try to restore that relationship today if possible. Talk with God about the situation. Speak with your pastor or an elder of the congregation. Then go to your brother or sister and lovingly tell him or her of the problem. Make the first move. Offer free forgiveness without giving any appearance of superiority or self-righteousness. After all, we are all sinners. And don't forget, love for others is to be the mark of a Christian and likewise it should be the most obvious ingredient in a Christian congregation. May you truly love your brothers and sisters in Christ, even the ones who hurt you. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.